Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This particular show is going to be extremely personal. This I is have The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbach. Hurt, wounds, like fucking crushing scars from lies people have told about me both to my children, you know, being the non-custodial parent and having the narrative be told by the custodial parents and all the bullshit that comes from those lies that go unchecked. And the people that are too fucking lazy to insert themselves and be an intercessor who just say, I'll just don't even worry about it. It'll blow over. Grow up. They'll understand. Just ignore them. You heard these people, the lazy people that don't want to involve themselves. Just, just ignore them. Let it go. Just ignore them, right? Well, we see this play out in the political space as well. We see this play out in media. We see this play out across the board. And I want to explain something to you, and it's the title of this. The narrative left unchecked is the narrative. It's the story. It is the story. Because absence of somebody saying, that's not the way it went. That's not true. I was there. He didn't fire you. You quit. Or he didn't yank your video down. Someone else did. He was live streaming when it got yanked down. But yet you went out and publicly told everybody that he did it. See, it's the lie that goes unchecked. I'll give you an example. We are and have been, obviously, advancing modern monetary theory since the dawn of time. Like before most of you all ever heard of MMT, RP was there at the forefront leading the fight, teaching MMT, pushing MMT. A lot of the people that are now celebrity economists and celebrity uh, underlings and celebrity scholars and so forth, you had never heard of prior to us putting them out there and introducing them all to you, okay? But here we are to this day right now going back way back i would say stuff like austerity is murder which is also happens to be my twitter tagline and i would say that austerity is murder by proxy meaning that you're using something else to kill people with whether it be a policy murder by policy or whether you're using the electoral process to murder people through triangulation by denying them the things they need you you kill them Okay. And these narratives oftentimes go unchecked or they're presented and they're not ever repeated. They're not shared. And so the bad narratives, the wrong narratives, the fake narratives have all kinds of wings and they take off and they become the thing that every one of us talks about. They become the storyline. And it can't be any more relevant than today, than what's happening in our world right here, right now. You know, going back 
to the Biden uh, election, when when Biden suddenly won the presidency. Remember Biden, who didn't even register a pulse on the first five or six primaries, that same Biden, the Biden that didn't even campaign Biden, that Biden, that same Biden, the Kamala Harris that didn't even get a single delegate, that Kamala Harris, that group got pushed into office. And for some of us, myself included, I spent time nonstop explaining that Joe Biden has been an austerity hound his entire life. That Joe Biden tried to cut Social Security, tried to literally cut all spending, cut all entitlement programs, which is the libertarian desired dream and has been that way since the New Deal was passed. Milton Friedman, King neoliberal, leading the charge on that in the 60s and 70s. The Mount Pelerin Society, the Powell Memo, all of these things have been building up. And there is a very, very concerted effort to bring austerity to America, to really, really mock the quote-unquote takers while elevating and celebrating the makers. Ayn Rand, Libertarianism 101. ANCAP Nihilism 101. This strain has been so pervasive through society. And the narratives today are going unchecked. Hey, libertarians are anti-war, right? So therefore they must be our friend. Well, what about they want to literally eliminate the ability for the federal government to spend money on the people? What about they literally want to eliminate regulation all the way across the board? They are extreme private property rights. And these thoughts go unchecked. They go unchecked because it's all in the name of owning shit libs today, right? Owning shit libs is the ultimate pinnacle of wokeness for this libertarian strain of the left. Owning shit libs is the highest calling that they could possibly strive for. But they don't disabuse their fellow travelers of their desire to eliminate the national debt or to spend like mad on the people. They are the ones that are elevating the idea that printing money causes inflation. They don't ever talk about gouging. They don't ever talk about the real causes of this stuff because the narrative left unchecked is the narrative. And if I had 10 million people listening to me at any one time, and I brought in people that were preaching austerity, preaching, yeah, these freaking scumbags, they don't do anything, man. Why don't we just go ahead and make government lean like it should be? This is unsustainable debt, of course, right? 10 million people hearing, this is unsustainable debt. Well, I'm not saying it. It's my guest that's saying it. I'm just platforming them, giving them a three-hour infomercial, right? Or others in this space that don't check that. All in the name of owning shit libs. That is the narrative. 
that becomes the narrative. And so then little teeny squeaky voices out there, little squeaky voices out there that watch as rent goes up because of landlords gouging, not because some price thing has happened because of raising uh, spending money. It's because the rich can do this. It's because it's an opportunist thing. There's nothing driving inflation other than gouging. Warren Mosler put a chart out that showed that the demand wasn't pulling all that. Why is that? Because most of the money was spent at the top, at the top, and never matriculated down to the rest of the economy. But those people at the top who own real estate, who own all those things, they're getting theirs. That's the narrative. But it's not being told that way because right-wingers want sound money. They want the gold standard. They want a literal commodity-backed dollar for whatever reason. It's ignorance. It's the worst form of ignorance. But because of that, and because most of the left hasn't bothered to learn MMT, these narratives go unchecked because they're like, I don't, I don't know how to answer the question. That's because all you're doing is listening to libertarian crap radio instead of learning how this shit works. And so the narrative that was left unchecked because you didn't do your homework is the narrative that goes on. So when people go to vote, if you believe in such a thing, they don't believe that people that are trying to reduce the deficit and reduce spending are somehow or another doing something bad. They think it's all wasteful, that it's all wrong. Because they haven't heard any different because they don't listen to the important stuff. They're listening to infotainment. They're listening to the people building bridges halfway into the ocean with nowhere to land. Now I wanna give you a series of things that have been twisted. And this is the, the game that is played, this tribalism in the, in, the, in the world out there, okay? Now, before anybody was even advancing Mitt Romney care state by state or these other half-baked solutions state by state, we were saying, point blank, that the federal government is the only one that can afford to do these massive policy-based things across all 50 states. We stated it unequivocally that there's a few states that are unique in terms of their makeup that can do things that the other states cannot do. And they also, if you look at the way elections play out, when those big states that can do anything they want, vote. That's who gets the election. That's who wins. So when these folks get theirs and they check out of the system and the rest of us that have no voice whatsoever are left still struggling and fighting for our own version of healthcare. Because the big anchors on the East and West have won their battle, although they can't even do that. We were talking about that currency issue or currency user. And instead of it being understood that we're not fighting against healthcare, we fucking love healthcare. We want a universal healthcare, not just Medicare for all even. We'd like to have a national health service. We're called splitters. And then instead of somebody saying, well, no, 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 no. They were talking about the economics of it all. Here's how it lays out. Now, the narrative becomes, oh, well, they weren't in solidarity with us. 
And then they go, all of them liking each other's tweets and shit. You know what I mean? Like they build the lie. The lie grows and it becomes something. It becomes a something. And when that lie is left unchecked, it becomes the narrative. When that lie is left unchecked, it becomes the narrative. And so when you look at anti-war, no one wants their kids to go to war. And you know what? Interestingly enough, when I was a libertarian and I supported Ron Paul, one of the big reasons why I supported Ron Paul back in the day was because the standard things. He was anti-war, anti-drug war, anti-surveillance, right? But let me tell you some of the really, really bad gotchas over there. He was also this crazy buffoon on the economic side, thought the national debt was unsustainable. It was debt being passed on to our grandkids and all that stuff. When in fact, our national government creates a currency every time it spends. So what the fuck was wrong with Ron Paul? Why the fuck didn't he know that? And why did most of the libertarians not understand that? And why do the crypto fascists today repeat those same talking points that you're debasing the currency? Why do they do that? Do you understand what I'm saying? Why do they do that? See, there is truth, and then there's team sports. I was assured the entire Biden election, oh, no, 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 we just got to get rid of Trump. Trust me, we just got to get rid of Trump. And I said, guys, when we get rid of Trump, as you say, we're going to be left with the skeleton crew. We're going to be left with the skeleton crew of people fighting and looking like they're lunatics because they're still fighting to end student debt. They're still fighting to get Medicare for all. They're still fighting for a Green New Deal. While simultaneously, those people went back to brunch. Oh, it'll never happen. That won't ever happen. That won't happen. We're going to pull Biden to the left. Well, that was a lie, wasn't it? That was a blatant lie. Biden was just trying to make it even harder for people to eliminate student debt. Biden was even striving to privatize Medicare for all. Medicare, not Medicare for all, because there's no such thing right now. But if we just got rid of Trump, now mind you, I hate Trump. I really do. But I recognize one thing about Donald Trump that seems to be the thing that everybody wanted to ignore. It was the one and only time where we had a large group of people united in opposition. But instead of people uniting in opposition, what we end up with is people becoming sycophants for Donald Trump or sycophants for Joe Biden. Instead of staying neutral or just dealing with truth and saying, if Biden's elected, the shit libs are going back to bed. They're going to brunch. That's a fact. And it happened, and it happens every election. Every election, not some, every single one. So what do we do? How do you cross off all the lies? How do you deal with the lies? When people are recalcitrant in these tribal communities, tribal being groups, cliques, affinity groups, there are people out there that you know are going to be against something before they even start, before they even know a single fact. They will already have an opinion. 
and they'll be talking from the high heavens like they have some secret inside track on something. And people are so desperate to be in the know that they will fall for any fucking line out there. There was a time, no joke, where somebody came to me inside of our organization, asked me to fire someone, told me that they wanted someone fired, that they would take over their role. And I was like, uh, no, that's not happening. That's not happening at all. I'm not firing them. But you can certainly do the role too. There's more than enough room for both of you to do the role. That wasn't good enough. And in short order, that person quit, went out and blabbed to the world that Steve was mean. And the narrative left unchecked became the narrative. There, it's happened repeatedly throughout the history of real progressives. And I keep receipts. Not to, and I won't air them because I keep them for my own purposes because I don't want someone gaslighting me because people believe any fucking thing you tell them. I saw the way his eyebrows were in his live stream. That must be true. Whatever so-and-so said must be true. Well, what if it's not true? What if it's a lie? What if it's a false narrative that has grown legs and people are using it to unite around? Happens all the time, right? Happens in families as kids that stop talking to their fathers or mothers. Happens in jobs where people just assume you did something wrong and fire you. Happens in everyday life. These narratives go around and they become the narrative. And there are really lazy people out there who would just go, just calm down. It's okay. Let it, let just, it'll die away. Just don't, 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 don't say it. Just, just be, it's okay. Fuck you. It ain't okay. Because that lie becomes the story of your life, whether it's real or not. I went to my mother, <laughs> my 80-year-old mother, told her, Mom, you can never die. And she's like, why? I'm getting tired kind of thing, right? And I said, because I need somebody on this planet that knows my truth other than me. Because I'm so tired of fucking liars. Sick liars. Twisted sick liars that pervert and lie and spread shit in the back rooms. There was one parasite in particular that falsely accused me and this organization of creating fake YouTube uh, things and fake Twitter handles and all this other shit. And then went out and spoke in public as if it were true, as if it was a fact that we did this. Didn't fucking do a thing. I'm sitting there bathing my kid and something's happening and I'm getting, didn't you get, hey, what are you, you guys are horrible. You're evil. You, why are you doing, if you do this, if you do that, I'm going to, we didn't have anything to do with it. Not a fucking thing, but that was the narrative and left unchecked. It's the narrative. See, laziness prevents people from stepping in and saying, ah, no, that's not true. Pathetic laziness. And worse, once you create an enemy, now when you think about how this happens in politics, how this happens in your high school, how this happens in kid school and kindergarten, and how this happens on the worldwide stage and media, you name it. 
once you have an enemy, once you've created the straw man, once you create that straw man and you can beat the shit out of that straw man, Russia gate, think about it. It becomes the narrative. Macedonian trolls stole the election or whatever. Give me an example. I lost a job after 17 years because of the global financial crisis. Now, I just gotten two master's degrees and shit ton of uh, certifications, you name it. And it took 18 months, 18, to find real work. It had nothing to do with being lazy. Had nothing to do. That was the world. That was the deal. But they were worthless, worthless people that said, get a job, you lazy slob. Get a job. Oh, instead of playing the victim, oh my God, if I hear that one more time, I will oozy nine millimeter. You're a funny guy, Sally. That's why I'm going to kill you last. If I hear that line one more time, you know what I'm saying? I want you to think about how many worthless sacks of shit act like it's your personal responsibility, like you failed. And that's the narrative. And that's the narrative that's left unchecked. Think about how many parasites are like, we shouldn't give out student debt and, and eliminate student debt because after all, I paid my $2,000 of tuition from 1972. Why shouldn't you pay your 150000 in 2022? See how freaking ridiculously ruthless that bullshit is? It's a lie once again. But the bootstrappers win and they get platformed. And they get platformed by really big platforms where their narrative doesn't get checked. But instead, it ends up being a three-hour, one-hour infomercial about austerity and chuckling. Yeah. This is the narratives that we face. Part of activism is debunking myths, destroying myths. And I appreciate it regardless of where it comes from. But I'm here to tell you, we live in a world where so much of the things we believe are basically lies. And they're internalized, they're part of who we are, and we treat people as if those lies are reality. We make decisions as if leeches are going to somehow or another suck out the poison from our bodies. That if we bleed a person, that they will somehow or another be okay. The lie that is left unchecked is the narrative. And so here we are, suffering through another Biden moment. And for those of us on the left who hate anyone that accuses us of Biden being part of us, because he's not, he's not a lefty in any way, shape or form. But that narrative sticks. 
that socialism narrative sticks. The only problem with you know socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money. That lie sticks. Why is it stick? Because the people that are chasing these false narratives never bothered to understand how the monetary system works to know that socialism doesn't take other people's money to pay for these things. The federal government or the national government pays for these things. Without the tax dollar doesn't pay for any of it. But because that lie is left unchecked, it becomes the narrative. And I want you to ask yourself how many things we all get wrong from the COVID response to paying for school, to eliminating student debt, to Medicare for all. How many of these Green New Deals and infrastructure bills, et cetera, are sabotaged with the lie, not because they necessarily even believe the lie, but they conveniently use the lie because the lie is the narrative. And they say, we can't afford this. This is unsustainable debt. Now, instead of the left media countering that and saying, that's absurd. Of course we can afford to do this. No, the absurd libertarian red-brown left starts talking about Bitcoin and crypto. Instead of disabusing the bullshit about debasing the currency, they start talking about crypto. Tell me how crypto is going to pay for a Green New Deal. I got time. Got lots of it, man. Tell me. It's not. Tell me how crypto is going to pay for Medicare for all. I got plenty of time. It's not. Tell me how crypto is going to pay for eliminating student debt. All those crypto fascists out there got billions stocked up in it. All they have to do is pay off the student debt. They could do it. Oh, wait a minute. It's $2 trillion of student debt. There's probably $2 trillion of crypto out there. Why don't they fucking pay it off if they believe that crypto is the answer? It's because it's not the answer. But the lie left unchecked becomes the narrative. And now today, if I had, I want you to think about this. If I brought Joe Biden onto this show, and I said, hey, look, fat, let's go Braden, right? Whatever the hell the Republicans say. And he didn't know it, probably get a chuckle out of it. But what if I brought him on instead and asked him about student debt? And Biden started lying on my program. And instead of saying, hey, fat, that's a lie. That's bullshit. You know you can pay for every bit of that. You could do it with an executive order. You don't even need Congress. See, that's countering a lie. But if you have people on your program, you're just laughing and spitballing while they're, hey, yeah, yes, yeah, crazy transgender this. Ha, 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 ha. Planet of the Apes that. Ha, 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 ha. 
how does that advance anything? How does that help us at all? And why does giving air cover to that equal good? Oh, I remember back to the beginning because the highest order of all things is to own shit libs. It doesn't matter if we platform the proud boys and let them give a narrative and not check it, not counter it. It doesn't matter if we have Joe Biden come on. Actually, it should matter, but to some it won't. It won't matter at all because they want to believe what they want to believe. I am focused heavily on trying to get this movement to focus. Eyes up here. Eyes up here. I'm trying to get that focus. I got a tiny footprint compared to some. And some of these losers out there, well, so-and-so has 12 million followers. How many do you have? Ha, ha, ha. Well, if I had $100 million bankrolling me, and I was able to talk about MMT to everyone, and I had 12 million followers, and I could talk about economics in front of everyone and bring on guests that weren't lying, that were bringing on truth about economics. Imagine what would happen with the world. But instead, to have $100 million and just sit there and bring Ben Shapiro on and let his lies go unchecked, or Milo and let his lies go unchecked, or Alex Jones and let his lies go unchecked, or any of these other people, Jordan Peterson, let their lies go unchecked. The Proud Boys or, or any of these others, Bugaloos or whatever, and leave their lies go unchecked. Just, just give them gravitas. Give them, it's like when you go down to the South, and you're a politician, and you're going into the black communities. When I talk to Glenn Ford, rest in peace, Glenn. When I talk to Glenn Ford of the Black Agenda Report, he talked about the misleadership class and these gatekeepers that block information from the African-American community. You got to go into the churches, but before you get, quote unquote, you know, a made man, so to speak, you got to have like the, the Clyburns of the world lay their hand on you. And then now you've got permission. Well, it's not different in every other community. There are gatekeepers in just about every other community that lay their hand on certain people and say, this voice is acceptable. This voice is acceptable. This voice is acceptable. And there are people that know this and weaponize not putting their hand on people, not putting their hand on them to make them fail, to suffocate their message, to drown them and to silence them. And then there are people out there that go the other route. They elevate the lies all in the name of owning shit libs. And I bring this full circle, I bring this back to the personal, to those of you who are parents, to those of you who have children that are not living with you, they're living with your former spouse. 
and their family as they pollute their mind with lies about you that you're unable to defend yourself from. And then the narrative that was never told to them becomes the narrative. You're an evil person. You're a bad guy. You don't care about them. You don't check on them. You don't want to visit them. You don't buy them presents. You don't give a fuck if they live or die. And then their little circles repeat that and repeat that and repeat that until it's emblazoned in their brain that you are a worthless parasite, that you shouldn't even be breathing right now. You're such a bad person. Trust me, this is Family Dynamics 101. But it's also movement dynamics. Because you can see, there are certain people, they'll say, I'm not going to say anything about MMT. I'm not going to bless what Steve's doing. I don't care if he's done it for seven years, fighting for the exact same policies, Medicare for all, Green New Deal, reparations, you name it, ending student debt. I don't care. because. I don't want to put my hand on this guy because I don't like him or I don't like MMT. But then you see the shitheads that don't know this stuff that they do lay their hand on and their lies become the narrative. And they're repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated until people, because what happens? What does everybody want to do? Everybody wants to belong. They want to belong. And so they bring them into this thing and everybody feels edgy, like they're in on some, you know, secret, like HODL. Hashtag HODL. Wow, I wonder what that means. Let me look it up. Oh, it means hold no matter what, right? Okay, just hold, hold, hold. While the, you know, pump and dump is going on, they hold, hold, HODL. Accidental typo from a drunk night at the office. That's the inside joke. Everybody wants to be on the inside joke, you know? And so they don't care about truth. They don't care about the rest of the stuff. They want to be loved and accepted. It's like a gang of sorts. A misdirected gang. The herd. And you have the establishment herd. And then you got the anti-establishment herd. Neither of them is particularly interested in truth. And so the idea of building and moving forward based on lies, and that's what we're dealing with, folks. We're dealing with an establishment and an anti-establishment that their whole purpose in life is to own each other, not to present truth. and the inside jokes and the Twitter wars and all the other bullshit that goes on. It's the lies that we don't even sometimes know are lies that we repeat because it's part of being a part of the club. To be in the club, you've got to believe these lies and these lies have to be told to other people. And you grow and build the, the community of the lie. I'm here to tell you, I have suffered immensely because people refused to do the fact check. People refused. I remember way back, I, uh, we used to go to all the different 
alt media places with our army of MMT activists. And we would flood their feed talking about MMT. And then it got to a point where certain ones were platforming the UBI crowd. They were platforming all these other, the crypto people, but they were not platforming the people that understood the way federal finance worked. They weren't platforming the revolutionaries in the MMT community. And in their little back circles, chitter chat, they talk shit about it. Screenshots out the ass for all the shit that was talked about me personally. And so people, they don't even know what's going on. They automatically just say, oh, he's just against state by state because he's a splitter. Not because Steve understands currency. Not because Steve understands the way that the federal government spends and operates. No, no, it, it, it's, it's another lie. It's a smear. And people have rallied around that smear. And to be a part of that community, you've got to believe in the smear. And you've got to repeat the smear. And the joinerism around the smear is their soul, that, that thread that keeps them all together, the lie. The lie is what unites them. We have always tried to be true north. We've always tried to say tough things, things that maybe didn't make us popular. You know, as you watch the herd going this way, we've said something that took us this way. Not because we're trying to be splitters, because the truth didn't lie in the direction of the herd. You know, more people don't have a clue what the Federal Reserve does than you would ever imagine. One of the most misunderstood institutions run by neoliberals doing neoliberal things, but only because neoliberals keep getting in office. Now you can debate whether or not that's actually elected into office or whether you could say they're placed into office to represent the powers that be up above, which is typically where I land. But regardless, the Fed as an institution doesn't really mean anything. It just means central government as a central bank to clear payments for its country and internationally. But because neoliberals are inside there, representing wealthy people, the institution has to be done away with instead of purging it of these neoliberal libertarians that fill the Federal Reserve. Think about what I'm saying there. The presidency. You may not like any of these presidents, but what would you do if you had a president that represented your values? What would you do if Congress represented your values? They don't right now, for sure. But what if they did? Would you get rid of the institution of Congress? Would you get rid of the institution of the presidency? Would you get rid of the Treasury? Would you get rid of the Fed when, you, if it was staffed with communists or socialists? Would you get rid of the Fed if it was run by MMTers that understand the shit? Or would you be happy now suddenly 
that you got monetary policy that's focused on the people. See, it's not the Fed, it's the people. So the lie becomes the story. And because nobody wants to check it because it's too cool, you get to go, I'm so cool, man. Like, totally like the Fed and the Fed, dude. Like, totally like, right? Okay, because you get to be edgy and cool. That myth of about what the Fed even is. Well, did you read The Creature from Jekyll Isle, man? No. What book is that? I never read it. What could you possibly be talking about? These myths and legends and lies have kept us from uniting in truth to move forward, to really win. And if you think the powers that be don't realize how stupid and misled we are as a people, you're crazy. They know, and they're happy as hell that we're spinning our wheels in circles like this. So a couple, couple of shows ago, I talked about collective action. The other night I talked about how alt media is failing us because they're literally not retaining this information and they're not spreading it. And now today I'm talking to you about the narrative that's left unchecked, the lie that becomes the truth, the lie that becomes the story. I want you to think about this. I'm 53 years old. I don't know how you all, how old you all are. But the idea of dying alone You know, my grandchildren, my, my, well, I have grandchildren now, weirdly, right? I'm a grandpa. Beard tells the story. But going back to when my grandfather died, the whole family was there. Every single person, extended family, you name it, everyone was there for my grandfather's funeral. And then in 2016, when my father died, a handful of people. It was a little bit more than that, but not much. None of the grandchildren came. Why? Because of right-wing libertarian thinking, selfishness. I got mine. I'm not interested. Can't be bothered. A caring society is built on institutions being prepared for people when they are at their eldest stage, when they can't take care of themselves. Can you imagine a society that's full of selfishness and self-seeking and living that world? because of the lies we're not creating a better world we can own the shit libs and still live in truth we don't have to create a fancy tale and we don't have to bond with fascists and neo-nazis and other dumb shit racists so that we can own shit libs we don't have to do that we can still maintain our integrity we can still maintain true north and the truth without platforming Nazis, without platforming fascists, without platforming freaking racists. We don't have to be nihilists. And we could still be revolutionaries. But if we're busy chasing these phantoms, these lies, the only thing we're building is more lies because you can't get to the truth by peddling lies and building systems and building ideas based in faulty understandings. The foundation is rotten. The idea becomes rotten. It ends up going to shit. 
like the UBI. I want you to think about something. The Silicon Valley oligarchs like the UBI. Why do they like the UBI? Why do you think the Silicon plutocrats want you to have money to spend on their products, but not have to worry about paying you, not worry about having to give you health care, not worrying about having to give you anything? Why do you think they want that? Think about it for a minute. Why do you think businesses would like to subsidize their shit wages with you having a stipend? Why do you think they like that? When you answer that question, you're halfway to the truth. And the truth is what's going to set us free. But we can't unite. We can't continue to unite around fake bullshit and platforming bullshit and not focus on growing the left, growing the real left. Not the fascist left. Not this red-brown alliance left. Read some theory. Learn the truth. Start peddling truth. Be fierce in protection of the truth. Don't just say something because it owns a shit lib. Have more integrity than that. Be more valuable than that. And give us something to build from. Because lies ain't it. So it's Monday, folks. I'm going to be on live Wednesday, and I'll be live uh, Friday doing this stuff as well. I'm very excited. Next Saturday for Macron Cheese, we'll have Yen Liang talking about China. Once again, we just had Victor Huang, an MMT scholar, talking about China this past weekend. We'll have more on it next weekend. Please check out Macron Cheese. Please become a monthly donor. This stuff costs boatloads of money to try and run. We need your help. We desperately need your help. Just check out our Patreon. Check out our network for good. And by all means, check out our work. Check out Macro and Cheese. Check out the Luke Parcher Show. Check out the Up and Up. Check out MMT Mondays. Check out our work. Check out our website. We're doing good work. We need good funding. We need your support. I'm Steve Grumbine with the Rogue Scholar, hoping you stop peddling lies, stop helping lies, stop giving air cover to lies, and become fierce about protecting the truth. Anyway, with that, I am out of here. The Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives.